You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. In today's episode, we're going to be talking all about trust and the vulnerability of trust, and yet its absolute importance if we want to build secure relationships that feel peaceful and connected and not riddled with fear. So today's episode is going to be a short and sweet one, and I apologize that it's a couple of days later than it would usually be. I'd actually recorded a whole different episode on breakups and discovered that when I went to edit it, there had been a tech issue and half of it had been lost. So I was back to the drawing board and decided to pivot and talk about something different. So I wanted to share some thoughts on this topic today because it came up from a question from a client. And I think it's a question that really will resonate with so many people, Um, people who struggle with anxious attachment, people who struggle with trusting that someone could really be interested in them, trusting in the reliability of a connection, that something bad isn't always lurking around the corner. Uh, And when we notice those fears coming up and all the behaviours it can drive us to, um, really being able to consciously reframe the way we think about trust and empowering ourselves to choose trust rather than to wait to feel it. Um, That's what I really want to share about today. Before I dive into that, I just wanted to very quickly share and thank you all um, because we just crossed over 3 million downloads on the podcast. At the start of this year, when I'd set some goals, I put down a goal of 2 million downloads for the podcast by the end of the year. Uh, And at the time of doing that, in the beginning of January, we had about 500,000. We just crossed over 500,000 downloads. Uh, so to be sitting here on the 22nd of December with 3 million downloads is pretty incredible. And I'm just so, so grateful for all of you, your ongoing support, whether this is the first episode you've ever listened to or whether you've been here since the beginning. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening, for your beautiful reviews and shares and reflections for the messages you send me. I feel really, really honored and humbled that I get to do this and impact so many people all over the world uh, with this work. So a big thank you from me. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about trust and vulnerability. Now, I think what's so important to understand is there's this tension between trust and vulnerability and fear and uncertainty, right? And our fear wants certainty always. Our fear doesn't like the murky gray space of I don't know what's going to happen and I'm not in control. And yet that is fundamental to the nature of trust and the vulnerability of trust, right? Our fear wants us to de-risk everything to the point where we have all but a guarantee that nothing bad is going to happen right? Um, That's what so many of our behaviors in relationship, if you're someone who struggles with anxiety and struggles with trust, so many of our behaviors come down to that quest to eliminate risk and to make sure that we don't get hurt when really we can never do that. And ironically, so many of those behaviors that we might engage in, in furthering that end 
actually have the opposite effect in that we might undermine a a connection or we might drive someone away when really there wasn't, you know, whatever problem existed in the first place, maybe there wasn't one, maybe it was sort of a figment of our imagination uh, or maybe it wasn't as big as it felt to us because our fear will always magnify these things and catastrophize and make us believe that something relatively minor or easy to work through is actually a doomsday scenario, everything's going to fall to a million pieces. Uh, So recognizing that oftentimes while our fear has the best of intentions, and it absolutely does, right, this is not something to shame ourselves over and to say, oh, I just wish I wasn't like this, I wish I wasn't so afraid or untrusting or anxious. Really that part of you is working overtime to try and keep you safe, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, But the problem is it can often have the effect of almost becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy if you're constantly on the lookout for something bad that's going to happen and you're always testing someone or asking them for more and more and more reassurance, uh, that behaviour can have the effect of driving people away because it can lead them to feel accused or like they're not being trusted when they haven't done anything wrong and all of those things. So recognising that, recognising this complex interplay between, you know, fear and trust and vulnerability and uncertainty. Uh, And I suppose recognizing the simple truth, which I find to be quite liberating, you might find it to be terrifying, but hopefully you find some liberation in it, is that there are no guarantees and love is inherently risky and vulnerable. And no matter what you do, no matter how much information you gather, no matter how many questions you ask or how much snooping you engage in, And no matter what someone says to you or doesn't say to you, there are still no guarantees that you won't get hurt, that they won't leave you, that you won't get rejected, uh, that you'll live happily ever after. There are no guarantees. Anything could happen. It's outside of our control or our ability to predict. And so really all we can do is choose how do I want to show up today? How do I want to be today, knowing that that's what's within my control? Now, this doesn't mean being, you know, blind as to circumstances that are not working for us. If there are known breaches of trust and we know that that's impacting our sense of safety in the relationship, if there are problematic behaviours that we're clearly not comfortable with, in no way am I suggesting that you just put your blinders on and keep choosing to trust and trust and trust. Uh, But... In the absence of those things, and if it's just this lingering sense of worry or anxiety that something bad could happen, then I'd really encourage you to see that for what it is, to recognize that, yes, your fear is trying to keep you safe, but at the same time, safe probably means disconnected and safe probably means living in this unrealistic, illusory world where you have certainty and it's just not attainable. Uh, It's not compatible with the vulnerability of being in relationship uh, because relationships are vulnerable and they do involve risks and unknowns and uncertainty. Uh, But when we make our peace with that and we realise what is actually within our control, uh, then it's a huge relief to our system because we're working overtime to try and control things that we can't. Uh, And that is really, you know, it's exhausting and it's, you know, it really does block connection. It really does keep us 
so stuck in fear. Uh, and I think most importantly, it stops us from seeing all the good in our relationship because we're so laser focused on magnifying the bad uh, and on scrutinizing every little thing that could become a problem in the future. Uh, we miss a lot of the goodness that's in front of us. Uh, and that's a real shame because that's the stuff that we need to be not only seeing and appreciating and soaking up and receiving, uh, but actively nurturing. And there tends not to be a lot of space or capacity in our system to do that when we're so clouded by fear. So all of that to say, what I really want to emphasize for you is that rather than waiting for trust to arrive as some sort of feeling, right? Um, and I get so many questions like this, you know, I, I'm not sure if I can trust them. How will I know if I trust them? I get the same questions about love. How do I know if I love someone? <laughs> How do I know if I'm in love? I think we really rack our brains trying to decipher, you know, how will I know when I have a feeling? <laughs> Uh, or if I don't have a feeling, how do I make myself have a feeling? Or I do have a feeling and how do I make myself stop having a feeling? And I think that that's a pretty futile exercise most of the time, um, partly because it means something different to all of us. What you're saying when you ask me, how do I know if I'm in love with someone? It might be completely different for you than it is for me. And it is so you know, abstract and subjective. But more than that, uh, even if we did have some sort of universal clear definition of those things, which we don't, uh, trying to force a feeling one way or the other, trying to force ourselves to feel something that we don't or try to force ourselves to not feel something that we do it usually doesn't work very well. And I'm sure if you've tried that, you would know that that tends not to be very effective. And if anything, just causes us more stress because we're kind of pushing against what is within ourselves. So rather than trying to force a feeling of trust or wait for a feeling of trust before you extend an action of trust or create an environment of trust in your relationship, what would it be like to treat trust as an action that you can choose, right? Trust is a choice that I make. This is something that has been really helpful for me um, in my current relationship and previous relationships. Uh, there was this sense of Either I can be in hypervigilance and I can be in this mode of waiting for something bad to happen and being on the lookout for that and being in this sort of anticipatory braced position, or I can just let go and I can choose to trust. And either way, I can't prevent something bad from happening, right? But I know what it costs me to do the former thing rather than the latter thing on a day-to-day -day basis in my relationship. I know what it costs me to not trust, to not choose trust, because it is not a very nice internal experience for me. And it doesn't create a very nice relational environment as between me and a partner to, you know, be in that mode of anxiety and mistrust uh, and seeking to control things that I can't. So recognizing Either way, and again, I hope this is liberating, but it might be really terrifying. You can engage in all of the controlling behaviors that you want, all of the snooping and the detective playing and the seeking reassurance and the testing. And even still, it is not going to change whether or not you can trust your partner, right? Um, it's not going to change whether something bad happens or not. Um, that's you can't de-risk with those sorts of controlling behaviors, but you can cause a lot of damage to yourself and to your relationship. So what would it be like if you just chose to trust?
and to let go. It's sort of like I heard a, a visual on another podcast and I can't remember exactly where it was, um, but it's sort of this image of imagining a brick wall with a rope attached to it and you're just spending all day long pulling on this rope that's clearly not going anywhere, right? It's fixed to a brick wall. And what would it be like to just let go? And how much energy would that free up? How much space would you create to do other things and to feel other things, to receive other things if you weren't spending so much time pulling on that rope? So something to think about. Trust is not risk-free. In fact, it always involves risk. So rather than waiting to feel trust in a way that feels completely safe and risk-free because you probably will never get there, Can you instead step towards the vulnerability of choosing trust, knowing that either way you cannot control the outcome, you cannot predict the future, there are no guarantees, but you have a much greater chance of finding joy and peace and gratitude today and tomorrow and the next day if you are living from an open-hearted place of trust rather than a close-hearted place of suspicion and fear and hypervigilance and you know aversion to any risk or vulnerability. So I hope that that has given you something to think about and has been a helpful reframe on something that a lot of us, I think, struggle with. And it is a struggle. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm not saying that you just flip a switch and all of a sudden your, you know, quote unquote trust issues are going to dissolve into a puddle. Um, but I think it's a much more empowering way to relate to trust than just telling ourselves, well, I have trust issues or, uh, you know, I'm not good at that or how do I know if I can trust someone? Um, Just choosing, right, just choosing and seeing what happens, I think, is a really beautiful, freeing way to approach it. So uh, I hope that you all have a really beautiful holiday season, um, spending time with whoever you're spending time with, Um, stay safe, take good care of yourselves. And I will see you again next week for our last episode of the year, which is very, very exciting. Thank you again for all of your support. I'm so grateful for you. Uh, Have a beautiful festive season and I will see you again next week. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here, and I hope to see you again soon.